CEOs and salespeople are confident that their opinion is the right one. Are they? Welcome to the CEO and Salesman podcast, where we talk about today's business issues and we'll let you work out who's right. It's me, by the way. Well, welcome everybody to a brand new podcast called The CEO and the Salesman. So my friend here is Daniel. Daniel, welcome. Hey, Matt. It's great to be here. Thanks very much. Now, look, Daniel is the CEO and, uh, you know, you guessed it, I'm the salesperson. So um, uh, the point of this whole podcast is to try to take the learnings that, that Daniel and I have, I guess, created over the last 20, 30 years of being in business and share those with other small to medium business owners. That's about right, isn't it, Daniel? Yeah, man. I, 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 when I first met you uh, 18 months ago, you're a marketing, you're a sales guy that knows marketing. It's really rare, really, really rare. And 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 when you met me, I'm this, I'm a technology guy that knows sales, and there's a happens to be a CEO of, of the company. And uh, so I, I just because of the sales act, the salesman bit of it, we immediately had some language that we could share. Anyway, and that's why I thought it was exciting to get together and maybe some of those fun conversations we can redo and help other people. Um, that I want to grow the businesses. I think that's kind of what I want to, want to help people do. Yeah, yeah. Look, absolutely. I uh, I've really enjoyed our conversations. Uh, you've um, we've continued to be in touch and continue to to converse about various topics, everything from you know account based marketing through to crypto. So, uh, and I'm sure over the course of the time that we have, you said these you weren't going to mention crypto, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly in this market. So, look, we'll, uh, we'll we'll cover a lot of things. But actually, one thing I wanted to ask you straight away is we. Were just talking before we hit um, hit record is you were talking about the skills that you believe and, and I obviously agreed with but you believed a, a business owner a small to medium business owner must master in 2022 so so just to set the tone for the uh, the podcast and and what people can expect so Daniel what do you think those those skills are yeah, it's, it's really it's really interesting. I, I've been fortunate enough to be involved in a couple of startups and helping a couple of companies get going, some of them my own and, and some of them not with other people. And, um, and over the last 15 years, uh, if you were to say to a small business owner, you must be an expert in technology, they go, no, no, I've got an IT guy for that. Why, why, do, I, why do I need to do that? And I'd be saying, well, you'd be very hard-pressed to stay competitive today. And I don't mean hands-on keyboard coding. you just got to know what's going on. You, you got to know what's happening with the internet and it's in everything. And, and then, then on top of that sales, you know, I think any small business owner gets, they have to sell. You, you can't not sell right Matt, as an owner of a yeah. company, but more recently for me, over say the last 18 months marketing, I, I don't, I look back at some of the things I've done. I really wished I had started with marketing because until you can market yourself, you can't sell and if you can't sell, you can't service and, kind of what's the point so um yeah that's kind of my takeaway if you want to be if you are a leader of a small medium business today technology sales and marketing or or around the other order you've got to be across all you've got to be across all three of those as well as an expert in your own company of course (laughs) of course yeah Yeah, yeah. even a dog groomer needs to be (laughs) understand that don't they yeah yeah you can be the best dog groomer in the world if you can't market yourself can't sell yourself and don't know what platforms to do it on you're in trouble. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and also one thing that one distinction that we we got to, we should make is that having the tools doesn't make you a great tradesman 
or tradesperson. Yeah. So I've got a, I've got a garage full of socket wrenches and all that sort of stuff. I don't even know I use that term correctly, but I've got a bunch of tools in my uh, that I've collected over the years. But you know what? Ask me to fix anything or do anything handy around the place, and it's going to take a long time and a lot of YouTube videos watching for me to do absolutely anything. So it's not just having the tool. And and anybody saying that having this tool will solve the problem is is really going to create a situation where somebody's going to. Uh, come up short so it's actually sweating the asset so you've got the so you've got to make sure that what you've got actually and and what tools you have you know how to use but also what value they bring not much point using trello if you're not actually going to use it or, or whatever piece of technology i just picked that one out of the air because it's it's free um well, so basically don't hit a screw with a hammer right that's uh, <laughs> exactly. that's as basic as that yeah um, exactly Right. Now, because I am a salesperson uh, and have been so for 20 years, uh, sort of talking about tools, you know, because the, you know, all I have is the sales hammer, the whole world looks like a nail. So I'm reasonably focused on, on business growth through better sales and marketing. Uh, whereas, Daniel, you, your focus uh, when we were talking about this idea, the concept of the podcast, it was mainly around, you know, obviously having a, a systems and a business owner's mentality but actually figuring out the asset or the value of marketing wouldn't that be right yeah i look i um i had always put it in the bucket of i need to get an expert in because i don't really know it and 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 um and also you don't have the time to get grubby with it it's all my way of learning you know hands on keyboard and actually do the work right um and and so i'd or and then also because you, you start off small you tend to have a couple of customers you get going get a bit of momentum but then how do you ask everyone says well how do you get growth how do you start that's probably the most common question you get Matt and what yeah you absolutely how do, you, how do you grow a company and the yeah. answer is marketing and then, then I thought about it it's probably the most important thing we need to do right now and I'm kind of delegating it right now yeah. of course I'm talking about small to medium I'm, I'm not talking about big enterprises and you have the money to bring in the, the key players to do what needs to be done but even in those organizations you have to have a plan and you have to make and I think I'm really resonating with you about the tools there are so many marketing tools i discovered <laughs> they were just oh, and everybody's telling you trying to tell you how to use them right and then everybody's promising you the world as well if you go to an agency and so you've got all these tools and and then i went about eight months nine months almost 12 months and we weren't achieving what i wanted to achieve but i didn't think it was we were doing anything wrong we were just applying the wrong tools to the right type of co- wrong type of company and, yeah. and, and I think the other thing that marketing suffers from, particularly in digital marketing, there's a really big, we will solve it for you now if you just spend this money. <laughs> Do a million-dollar paid keyword campaign and you'll, leave, you'll be showered with leads. Now, I know marketing professionals don't actually say that, but they kind of almost do. They kind of do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, and their incentives are very different to the incentives of me as a business owner. Their incentives around the activity they do, not the outcomes. And yep. that's what I really liked about your engagement and your organisation. You were like, yeah, well, the marketing's there, but are we going to get a sale? Yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly what we needed to know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so that, that's my take on it. And so hopefully today, you know, we are marketing through this podcast. This podcast is a good thing to do. But if, if listeners can get some value out of our experiences and speed up their own journey, uh, I'd be delighted uh, if they can do that. Yeah. 
Actually, one thing that we were talking about earlier, you asked me about, you know, what sort of uh, experience do I have with podcasts? And I actually did one about four or five years ago, yeah. 75 episodes. And I said, but not very many people watched it or listened to it. And you said, oh, that's a shame. But actually, what I wanted to talk about is what I we spoke about then is the vanity metric of number of viewers. So, um, so I'll just talk about that for one second, is that might have had 30 or 40 people actually watch those videos, 75 videos. So maybe I think a maximum number of viewers was like 100 or so. Now, the thing with that is that, well, most people would look at that at the, at the surface level and think, well, that is not a very successful podcast. But I was doing it at the time to, to generate business for myself. Now, this is slightly different. It's still, the podcast is still going to, you know, my business still exists in the background. But really, the point of this is to try to help the marketplace take the journey with both of us to understand what value or the most important activities a, a business, small to medium business owner could do. But those 100 viewers or 50 or 100 viewers, I was still able to pick up a number of customers during that time. So anybody out there, so I guess the first piece of advice that I want to share with people in the market right now who are listening to this or watching this is if you put a piece of content out there and your open rate on your email is not very high and or you're not a lot of engagement on social media, that's pretty normal if you're in B2B space. If you're in B2C, if you're trying to sell sunglasses to everybody, then maybe you've got to figure out a way to get more eyeballs. But really, a lot of businesses are quite narrow. And I want to talk to you in a moment about account-based marketing, uh, Daniel. But <laughs> my business was focused on finding a particular customer. Those people did see my podcast and they did actually go ahead and engage us. And that, that fed the business for some time. So my first bit of advice is if you are putting content out there, you're only getting a couple of likes or a couple of views on your social platforms. Don't be discouraged because you know what? Often it only takes one or two people to see that think it's important, think it's good, and then that will drive your business forward. So don't be too enamored by the vanity metric of thousands of views. You're not Mr. Beast. You don't need to run a, you know, a, a billion-dollar YouTube channel because that's not your business. Your business typically of the people I'm listening who are going to be listening to this podcast are in small to medium business, uh, whether it be logistics or field service or technology it's about finding the right customer and, and developing that fit. Yeah, I, um, I love the word vanity because the first couple of blogs we did together, because I'm the subject matter expert for our business, right? So I can't expect a copywriter to come up with something that's going to be to get to the heart of what we do and add value to our customers. And our open rates are so low. I took a personal reference. <laughs> I was really upset. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> These people are just rejecting me. Thousands of people just rejected me overnight. And yeah. uh, it was right. I had to say, I mean, obviously, I think oh, I won't tell you, I wouldn't cry about it. But, um, but that whole experience, though, is, is exactly what you're talking about. Focusing on how many people opened is focusing on the wrong thing. Yep. Focusing on whether it's quality content that'll stand the test of time, that's the most important thing. It only takes one customer to find it and call you for it to be worthwhile. Absolutely. That's in business to business, that's all it takes. And the thing that I didn't, I didn't appreciate at the beginning is so much of the conversation, and I know I'm using it, maybe using the term wrong, Matt. I actually think most of the stuff that I, people trying to tell me as marketing services was advertising services, which is marketing. But you're just taking your very loud megaphone and seeing who's going to come and speak to you, right? You're shouting it off the top of a roof. 
Where in B2B, particularly particularly because of what we do and, and services you do are complex, complicated and requires genuine partnership with your customers, you have to be way more nuanced to, to talk to an organisation because otherwise you're just one of the 100 people standing at the top of a building blasting a megaphone, right? That's, that's, yeah. that's what's actually going on. So a lot of it's advertising. We could have put an ad on the TV and got the same result. Like no one would call this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and, and and that's I know it's, it's if I could if you're listening, sort of understand the difference between an mm. ad on TV and writing a piece of content that's really going to help somebody. Like a deep, we're going to long form now, actually, rather than these short one-page blogs. Because as you say, you're not after a million views, you're after 10 people that really need it and maybe two would be motivated, motivated to talk to you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And also the other the other parts to add to that is that I, I heard a great, I don't know where I heard it, but I heard a great analogy about marketing or really in, in business in general is, is that if you go to the gym, actually Simon Sinek, uh, who we've oh, both yeah. spoken about, yeah. Simon Sinek in one of his <clears throat> talks talked about, if you go to the gym one day, come home, you're going to see zero difference. Yeah. And if you go to a gym three days, you're going to still see zero difference. I've been going to the gym now for about six months and starting to see a little bit of difference, but not, not a hell of a lot. Uh, you can't outrun a bad diet, I think. Um, so, But the, the point is, same with marketing, same with putting a message out. It's about consistency. And so I've had customers who I've recommended certain plans to, and they've gone ahead and done that for a week or one advert or three adverts in a magazine or whatever it might be, an inconsistent and small number. And then they look at it and go, because, you know, often I'm working with businesses who are in, uh, who are highly technical engineers. So engineers typically make one plus one equal two. And you can't, yeah, that's, an, that's, a, that's an undeniable fact. With marketing, they go, well, we've put one ad in, we have received zero sales. Well, marketing doesn't work for us. Yeah. I think, I think the, the, the noise of the activity too sometimes, and what I really liked um, when, we, when we sort of engage with you and you know, not, not that we're trying to pitch each other services here, but this is our first podcast. We're going to have something to talk about. Yeah, that's right. um, but I think the, the, my learnings, though, because I, like I'd said, I knew, I knew the concepts of marketing. That was my niche. I could run a marketing meeting, but I never really dug deep. One of the things that you did with us, which other agencies didn't do, was really focused on who are you. Mm. That's marketing discipline, straight up and down, right? Yep. And because people think it's a sales discipline, well, no, it's not. Because the who are you conversation is really detailed. You know, who who you want and who do you want to talk to is even more important. More important. Yeah. And and, and I know it sounds, um, yeah, okay, everybody does that. Well, do they really? Do they do that? And do they share it with the company, the rest mm-hmm. of the team? Does every employee in the organisation know it? That's to me, and that's why I woke up and thought. No, no, we can't think about, I can't think about marketing as a something that happens in a company. Marketing is, is as important as everything else, not because of the outcomes, because it first of all defines what you're saying to the whole world. And if everybody's not on board with that, then you're going to create this values conflict within your organisation. Because what you could be saying to the world as your promise could be very different to what your engineers are actually doing. And they may not even know because they haven't been part of the whole engagement. So I think we had seven people come to that workshop. Some of them had been with us for six to seven years and right. they'd never thought about our company that way once. Right? And these are consultants that are talking to customers every single day. So it was great, Matt. Thank you for that. 
Yeah, look, that, that's really fascinating. And I, I have said it a number of times, and I think you've probably heard me say this, everybody from the cleaner to the CEO needs to know how the business makes money. And they go, yeah. oh, well, we sell things or we sell services, but really the process and how and who and where. So the, the entire ecosystem of this is how we communicate this uh, this issue because everybody in the business, and so we're speaking directly to the, to the people who are listening to this, uh, is that, Everybody in the business needs to understand how you make money and the process you go through, the people you target, because barbecues and beers happen. And so if somebody is complaining about something in their own separate business, it's very easy to go, well, actually, we solve problems like that, or actually, we help the company similar to that solve that problem. And there could be any, as I said, anybody from the cleaner, the CEO and, every, and, and the engineers in between. Because these the engineers are solving the, the the really difficult problems, but because they're difficult problems, they get so much. They, they spend so much time chopping the tree, they forget that they're actually in a forest. I don't see the the, uh, the the trees. So anyway, so look, that's the um, that's one thing I really wanted to, to drive home. I'm glad you've you've seen that. Now, circling back to marketing, one thing that not circling back, but one element of marketing that I think is really important for most B2B businesses to really think about, do some investigation on, read, a, read half a dozen articles about is what's called account-based marketing. So, Daniel, would you mind just taking me through your perception of what you perceive account-based marketing to be and, and then you know, how Kluge is actually implementing it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been transformative for us. It's very scary. Because you are not, we are not doing the things that a marketer wants us to do, like in the in the sequence they want us to do it, right? And I'll give. And when talking, getting ready for this, because we talked about this last week, I want to give this example. If you if you are a company, just say you're an individual, and you invented something that only one company in Australia could buy from you, and it was worth ten billion dollars, but it was worth it, right? It would revolutionise their business. What you would do is personally track down the directors, the owners, find out what flights are on, get a presentation. You would go and have the meeting and you would find them wherever they are and you would do everything you personally could to convince them, first of all, make them aware of you, yep. then help them help them consider what your service is and then, then do a conversion and buy from you. You wouldn't do the rest of it. You wouldn't no. do digital marketing. You wouldn't do, because there's only one company in the entire of a world that can buy from you, Right. That's ABM. You define, first of all, very tightly who you can sell to. You find out who they are. There are so many information services out there. And then you start your reps working those accounts directly. Then you support them. Now, of course, it's not one. We have defined, decided 200. That's it. Yep. We've got about 3,000 we can talk to, but we have spent four months profiling, profiling, profiling. We've now got it down to 200, and the reps that are driving the campaign, we are now supporting them with marketing activity, not the other way around, where you run marketing to get a lead to give to a rep. Yep. And I, we've got so much more confidence now in our outcome because we know every single conversation with a company that if we can get them at the right time, they'll buy from us, where before we just have to wait for them to come to us. Right? So that, that's the difference in my mind. Daniel, how did you, how did you manage the angst or the, uh, the the fear of missing out on other customers because if you go right well the market is 3,000 we can blast and use a megaphone and advertise 
how did you manage the, the the mental the perception to go from well actually we're not everything to everybody what we are is amazing for these people yeah it's um it's me i'm a real numbers person it's just dollars spent quite frankly um i, I could go and blast three thousand companies and our experience is the return though if we did a very good job and it's market the problem is the competition mate. Yeah. It's everybody else. Like it's, we're not in a unique space. We, we, we don't have IP. We're the only people doing it. So not only are we doing that spend, there's about 10 other companies doing the exact same spend. And at the end of that, you don't have a personal relationship with those organisations. At the end speaking of what we're of, going, Speaking of spend, you were, uh, you were a bit deep into uh, Google AdWords, weren't you? We were 60,000 in, quite frankly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Private information over a long period of time. Uh, over our t- it's, and and it's, we got some stuff out of it. We didn't get zero. But the problem is how do you innovate on somebody else's platform? The moment we do something clever, there are these multinational organisations yep. that are going to just kill us, knock us out of it, right? So we haven't gone to zero there is some maintenance work for seo that you must do so don't don't get me wrong and i use a very extreme example about one company but the change is in abm the sales and marketing team is one team yes there's no there's no marketing generates leads because we used to have something called an sql sales qualified lead stage yep which yep. was really testing the quality of the lead you got from marketing yep so there's this division lead marketing hands it over sales goes terrible Yep. <laughs> and then and marketing at the end of the month goes, oh, all these MQLs we generated, sales goes, marketing seems terrible, right? And and there's not, and also it 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 just it just was wrong for what we were doing. And we we're a small company. Now that everybody's in the same meeting, like same meetings. <laughs> so we have a marketing meeting, salespeople are there. We have a sales meeting, marketing people are there. And and not all the content's relevant, but everybody knows what's going on. We have very short meetings within our organization. So so it's 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 still daunting, Matt, because yeah. we're still early stages. We're about six months in. Um, but as far as my experience in doing initiatives with small companies and companies I'm starting, I feel very confident that the outcome, because of the discipline, um, the outcome is predictable. And as a CEO of a company, and this is where paid keyword kills you, I cannot predict the outcome of the spend. No. As much as I tell you, you can. You just can't, right? And uh, so I and I know there's probably lots of people listening now, well, you're doing it wrong, blah, blah, blah. That was just my experience with it. And I had some pretty good people working on it. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's the platform, it's the competition, right? Um, I, like, I like what you just said, you can't innovate on somebody else's platform. That's uh, that, that feels like a quotable quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, Google just makes all the money and that's why they're so big, right? Sure, <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's right. Hey, um, one thing uh, I just—I was thinking about the um, that, that focus, and so account-based marketing ABM is not a new idea. Funnily enough, it's it's been around for a long, long time. Chet Holmes, uh, who was a, a sales and marketing guru from. I'm going to have to say late 80s, maybe early 90s. So hopefully some people remember that, uh, that time in, uh, we do, but um, maybe the people listening don't. Uh, so, But the thing is he created a thing called the Hot 100. And the Hot 100, you know, you've got a Hot 200. So all he did was go ahead and communicate with this Hot 100 and know who's going to pick up that newspaper, that a piece of advertising, that piece of content, know them. Know them in a sense that knows their role and what they're, what keeps them awake at night. Because you can when it's 100 or 200 people, but you can't when it's 2,000 or 20,000. And the biggest challenges that, uh, that, that they had was actually 
uh, continuing to narrow down that hundred. And then they did they created a thing called a lunch and learn, which is something that is done done all the time now. But this this guy innovated way back, you know, 30, 30 years ago. So it's not a new concept, but it takes discipline and and rigor to to recognize that you don't need to sell to 3,000 people. Uh, I don't know about you, Daniel. Actually, I do know about you, but I'll put the comment to to anybody listening is if you had 100 people buy from you this month, that'd break your business, right? That's right. I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be freaking out. Yep. Um, I don't need 100 sales right now. I need 100 quality sales over the next two years. Yeah. And, and that two to three years is really the plan that we've put in place. And uh and I, with this entity, I wasn't involved at the beginning. It's been around for 12 years. If we had done this 12 years now, we'd be 10 times the size, quite yep. frankly. And we'd be actively looking at, okay, what's the next slight shift to the left, vertical, we need, we can go after, right? Uh, but, but we're doing it today. I'm very excited. And, uh, yeah, I, hadn't, I really, you know what, though? I hadn't realised you were an ABN advocate, Matt, right? <laughs> and then when I got into it, right, because I got into it after we met, then I looked back to what some of the stuff, and I got, yeah, there you go. And then as soon as you just said it to me, it made sense, right? Yep. Because uh, that's where the profiling, who you want to sell to, who they are, what they look like, it's, it's really good. Um, I just need to tell this bit, though. Uh, I, I read a couple of books. I, I love I Christmas. I loved it. And the Walmart story. Did you read about the Walmart story in ABM? No, one of the One of the early advocates, this guy was given the job of breaking Walmart, right? Like being, being going, you know, how do you sell to Walmart? And his first problem was there's a million employees in that company. Yeah. So what do you do? <laughs> like it's a, it's a whole ecosystem on itself, right? And then he applied the ABM principles and broke it down and, and worked out the different departments and people and worked out how many he only needed to talk to about 100 as well. And then he made it all work. And I thought that was excellent. Uh, so that's that's ABM just for one organisation, right? Mm. So, uh, so that's fascinating. Yeah. I was watching a, a LinkedIn webinar the other day because uh, I do you know these guys do have quite a bit of uh, knowledge of the market and uh, the statistic was that if the more contacts the, if you've got more than five contacts in a company that you're trying to sell to the likelihood of a deal goes up by 65 percent that's awesome thank you for that stat okay that's a really great target metric to go after right in quality context I'm assuming but that's great 60 so Improves your odds by 65%? Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. You still, you know, maybe your You've closure rate is one yeah, out yeah, of yeah, X, but, yeah. yeah, it just goes up. So what we're, and really the extra effort to connect with extra people in the organisation, because um, what I want to have people understand is, and you you understand intrinsically, is that sales is a relay race and marketing is a relay race. And because a lot of businesses are going out there saying, oh, we sell to CEOs of logistics companies who do this. Well, you, you might eventually sell to the CEO of that logistics company, but that CEO is really not doing the research on link, you know, figuring out the problems. Because if you're dealing with a business, certainly at the medium to large end of the, uh, the, the market, that CEO is interested in, in market perception, company culture. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're talking to the other C-suite. You know, that the, the chief operating officer, the chief technology officer, these are the chiefs of their businesses, of their business yeah. units. So they're dealing with that level. What you need to do, what the people listening need to think about is who is actually dealing with the problem that you solve right now in the trenches and grinding away at it. Find a way yeah. to solve their problem and then create sales and marketing communications and connections all the way up the chain to eventually the guy or the girl that 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 orders, creates a purchase order, writes a check, whatever, whatever you want to say there. So 
each element. So that that's circling back to the five contacts is you might be dealing with an, with an on-site engineer who's really in pain because of this issue, but two or three layers above that, they have no idea about the pain that this on-site engineer is going through. In fact, so much this, point. this highlights a massive point about ABM, though, personalised contact. Yep. Right, personalised relation. If you're doing mass email, you have to go horizontal bland because you don't know who's going to open it. That's right. So if you're targeting five people, when you're writing to the inventory manager or the procurement manager, you can personalise the content. You can give them a case study, stats, conversation directly to them, right? And and I think so, you know, it's a bit um, weird. We, we look at who we got. We've got lots of people we talk to and our marketing person goes, you know what, I could put an email campaign together for you and do some nurturing if you want. So no, we're going to do the hard slog. We're going to yeah. look at each individual email and write them to it and then we're going to work out based on their role what content's relevant to them. And, yeah. and it's, it's hard. It's hard work. But the sales and marketing people, they're starting to gel now. So the marketing guys are now coming out with good content information based on who you're trying to talk to. Then over time, we'll amass a library of that and it'll become faster. But you're right, you're spot on. It's those five contacts um, and saying that you're just generically selling to all CEOs is a very... <laughs> I don't know why you say it, actually, why people say it. And so, yeah, you've got to sell to the entire organisation, right? Yeah. Yeah. And people also say, oh, we sell to, I've used logistics companies a few times already. We sell to logistics companies. Well, you know what? Mm. That's no logistics companies ever bought anything. It's the no. humans inside that company that's yeah. bought things. So, so, so I, I want people to understand that sales is not a B2B or a B2C exercise. It's a H to H. It's a human to human. And so, hey, if you're selling something that people can go ahead and grab for free online and click a button, put their credit card details in, that's not the market we really are talking about. And and that is a relevant market, a very large market, but it's not the market we're talking about. We're talking about a market that that requires some type of business level change to implement what you've got or process change or business change. And that requires everybody along the process, that relay of that content or that information being passed to one person to the next to get it, feel good about it, feel that you solve their particular problem all the way through. So yeah. that is the that's the that's that's who we're talking about here. And I have had comments in the past where people say, well, you know, I just want to be like Canva and, and have people, it's so good that everybody just bought it. So, well, mm-hmm. listen to the Canva story about how they went from a university publication and, and yearbook publication all the way through and it took them 15 years to become an overnight success um, and, and the effort that it went through. But so if one is going to quote those things, please read those stories because I do and it's, uh, there's a lot more to it than just creating an amazing thing. The other thing that people don't really appreciate for those types of startups as well, they call them startups, they didn't really just start up, but they're in the startup model because of the way they could fund it and grow. Bulk of the money goes in marketing. Absolutely. Not in, yeah, not in R&D because the marketing is so competitive when it's all about paid keyword and click-through and SEO because you're com- every t- if you become successful, somebody else will try and copy you within 90 days and then they're going to compete for your marketing budget because you're not, I'm not out there visiting Matt and shaking your hand, Matt, and saying, would you like to come and get a service for us, which is what we do in, in B2B. We ultimately meet our customers. So, so I, I find that fascinating. You don't because, like, they raise... I don't know, 187 million or something. I can't remember what they raised. Oh, that may have been the first thing. Yeah. 100 million may have gone to marketing. I wouldn't be surprised, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah. 
So, look, I think this has been a great first episode, Daniel. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I want to continue these conversations, so we're going to do it reasonably often, I think weekly. And uh, and, and if you've enjoyed this conversation, you listen to this, you, go, you know, that makes sense, but I want to understand more about this. Or actually, you guys are completely talking out your ear, you know nothing. Um, here's a question I'm going to stump you. We want to get those through. Um, we're at no point in my life I have I ever positioned myself as the uh, as the, the I guess the, the only person with the knowledge or the be all and end all of information. And that's that's a no. That's how Daniel is over the years of being CEO of of a number of very very successful businesses and coming through the ranks of, of those bigger businesses as well. It's about learning, and if and if one doesn't continue to learn, it, the, the I think the law of thermonuclear dynamics is that if you're either growing or dying, so uh, so we're always trying to grow. So hit us up, let us know if there's any uh, questions, thoughts, comments, arguments, ideas you want us to talk about because we just we're going to talk it out. We're going to do a little bit of research and, and come prepared with uh, with some you know hopefully an interesting opinion or two. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I was. We, uh, we were speaking a couple of weeks ago and I always have these fascinating conversations with you and I kind of said, we should just record them. <laughs> Here we are. So there's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Mate. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks very much. Okay. And Thanks, uh, everybody. see you next week. Bye, Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the CEO and Salesman podcast. If you've got a leadership, sales or business question, we'd love to hear it. And of course, we'd also love to add our two cents on the subject. Tune in for next week where we talk about all these things and more. Bye for now.